Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We are glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. In the book of John chapter 6, after Jesus has finished preaching a very, very difficult message, the Bible told us that his disciples found that particular teaching of Jesus Christ very difficult. And by the time you get to verse 60 of John chapter 6, the disciples said something that was very interesting. They said, many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this, in other words, when they heard the preaching of Jesus, when they heard the things that Jesus was teaching them, therefore many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? In other words, this preaching that Jesus Christ is doing right now, what he is teaching us right now is very hard. Who can hear it? By the time you get to verse number 66 of that same chapter, the Bible tells us that from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. In other words, what Jesus Christ was really such, was so much, it was so troubling to these guys that they just, they just can't stand it anymore. They stopped following Jesus. Because what he was teaching was so difficult for them to accept, many of them stopped walking with him. In other words, they stopped following Jesus because they could not stand the idea or they could not stand to bear the things that Jesus Christ was teaching them. And the question is why? Why do people stop following Jesus? Why do many people have difficulty walking with him? Why is it that following Jesus becomes such a problem that people stop walking with him? Why do many disciples stop following Jesus? Many stop following Jesus because number one, the teachings of Jesus Christ has a way of challenging conventional wisdom. In other words, the things that you believe, the things that you think that should be, some find some way Jesus Christ is teaching for some reason has a way of challenging conventional wisdom. Not only that, people stop following Jesus Christ because his teaching has a way of dislodging our fundamental beliefs. In other words, there are certain things that we believe to be true. There are certain things that we think are true. By the time Jesus, by the time you start looking at the teaching of Jesus Christ, you find that it begins to challenge those fundamental beliefs. It begins to turn your world upside down. And some people can't stand it, so they stop following. Number three, why do people stop following Jesus? People stop following Jesus because Jesus sometimes makes some very, very crazy claims. He makes some very, very ridiculous claims. He sometimes makes a claim that makes people begin to wonder, ah, how do I take that? Just like when he stood before the Pharisee and they were talking about the Son of God, he said, yeah, he said, I said, I am. He said, before Abraham was, I am. That really ticked the Pharisees off. Say, what do you mean? You are just, you are, you are about 30 years, 33 years old. And you are telling me that you are before Abraham? Before Abraham was, I was. So sometimes Jesus makes claims that make people very uncomfortable. And that's why people can follow him. Many people stop following Jesus because he introduces some new ideas that very, a lot of people find very difficult. Jesus Christ says the way up is to go down. The way to save your life is to give it, is to let it go. When he begins to teach some of those things that look very contradictory, a lot of people can't stand it. And not, and most importantly, a lot of people stop following Jesus. A lot of people go back from following Jesus because of the demands that Jesus Christ makes. 
upon your life. In other words, he's not just going to allow you to come and sit down and be, and let, put your life on cruise control and just walk with him. No. Jesus Christ will make sure that he demands something from you. And that is why he's saying that anyone who will follow me, he says he has to give up himself. He has to deny himself. He has to pick up his cross and follow him. So the demands that Jesus Christ makes upon the life of individuals makes it very difficult for people to follow him. And that is why when many looked at the young rabbi, when Jesus was walking upon the face of the earth, when many people listened to him, they found that they concluded, no, this guy is just a troublemaker. We can't follow this guy. And a lot of people are still doing it today. Okay? The sentiment that was expressed by those particular group of people, that sentiment that was expressed by those early disciples, when they said that the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ is difficult, that same sentiment is still being expressed in the church today. A lot of people still find the teaching of Jesus Christ difficult. A lot of people still find what he's telling us to be very difficult to swallow. Many people still find it very difficult to hear the word of God. And verses like this, that we just looked at, verses like this in the scripture, and many other verses like that, makes us to understand that the Christian faith is a very, very difficult faith. It's a very difficult faith. It is a faith that makes it, you know, it's a faith that you cannot just take back. It's not casual. It's not a faith that you walk, you know, that you, it's not a faith that you follow without being involved in it. The Christian faith is very difficult. And you have heard me say here so many times, in the neck of the wood where we come from, there is a saying we say, which means that you are a lazy man cannot be a Christian. It is not possible because it's a difficult journey. And the question is why? Why is the Christian faith so difficult? Why is the Christian faith so difficult? Why is it that people find it very difficult to be a Christian? Following Jesus Christ, why is it so difficult? Why is it difficult undertaking? Number one, I said the other time, it is difficult for many to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. It's difficult to be a Christian because of the demands of the Christian faith. The demands of the Christian faith makes it very difficult for us to follow. Number two, the paradox in the Christian faith. What I mean by the paradox is that there are times when Jesus Christ will say something. It appears completely illogical. It's just like when he says that the only way you can save yourself is when you die. How do you do that? How do you reconcile that? The only way you can become rich is when you give away all your money. How does that make sense to anybody? That is why a lot of people find it very difficult to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why a lot of people find it very difficult to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of what I call the paradox. Christianity is difficult because sometimes Christianity does not make sense. It doesn't make sense. How can you tell an individual that you're a grown-up man, somebody slap you on the right hand and say you should turn the other cheek? Come on. That doesn't make sense. And that is why a lot of people find it very difficult. How can you tell me that somebody, you know, somebody died and after three days he rose again from the dead? It's very difficult to believe. How can you say that a woman who has never known a man before, all of a sudden just gave birth and have a child, became pregnant and have a child? How do you believe those kind of things? It's very difficult to believe. And that is why a lot of people find it difficult to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of what appears to be contradiction or paradox in the scriptures. Why do people find it difficult to follow? They find it difficult to follow because of the nature of the Christian faith. Following Jesus Christ is difficult because of the nature. It requires a personal experience, a personal encounter. It is not a communal faith. Not because your father is a Christian, then all of a sudden you become a Christian. No. Not because your mother is born again, that makes you a born again Christian. No. You have to encounter Christ on his own. And that is why it is difficult. It's a personal relationship. It is not a collective faith. Why is the Christian faith difficult? The Christian faith is difficult because of its experience. It is important, you know, 
the, the, the experience it, it, it has to you you have to experience Christ on your own you have to come to that relationship on your own if you don't come to it you can stay in church all day long you will never become a Christian and sometimes there was a pastor that, or there, there are preachers who have made the illustration that if you park a car in the garage okay for a very long time that car does not become the garage it still remains a car the same thing, you can come to church every day for the rest of your life. That doesn't make you a Christian. That is why Christianity is difficult. Because it's a spiritual encounter. It's a spiritual experience. Not only that, Christianity is difficult because of the costs. It is very expensive to be a Christian. Expensive on your relationship. Expensive on your time. Expensive on your resources. Expensive on the things that it takes away from you. If you follow Christ effectively, you will find that it's going to take away your friends. If you follow Christ very, very well, it will take away sometimes your reputation. It will take away your integrity sometimes. It will make you look like a complete fool or a complete idiot. People will ridicule you. It is a very, very costly religion. And for some, for some people, the Christian faith has cost them their lives. And we see examples in scriptures. So that is why it's very difficult for people to follow him. And that is why last week we started to look at the idea. Who is foolish enough to be a Christian? Who is that particular idiot that believes that following Jesus Christ is the best thing to do? Who are the kind of people that can follow the Lord Jesus Christ? And we said that the man or the woman who will follow the Lord Jesus Christ is a person, you know, because of the challenges that is involved in the Christian faith, the kind of person that will follow the Lord Jesus Christ is a person who is ready for his life to be transformed. That was what we talked about last week. We said that the person who will follow Christ is a man who is ready for transformation. And what does that mean? It means that that person must be willing to change or abandon their old lifestyle. If you want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, you must be ready to give up something. You must be ready to give up your old lifestyle. Give up your old behavior. Give up some of the things that you have been doing in the past that you enjoy doing. That person must be ready to embrace a new lifestyle. A new lifestyle that is dictated by the word of God. A new lifestyle that is dictated by the scriptures of the living God. That is what it means to be transformed. Life. It means that that person must be ready to learn the new principles for living. You cannot continue to live the same principle. You cannot continue to live by the same rules that you have been living before. When you become a Christian, it changes everything. You learn new principles for life. Not only that, you begin to understand there is a new rule of engagement. The way you engage people is different. The way you engage your community is different. The way you engage life is different. The way you engage your work is different. Everything about you is different. That is what we refer to as the transformed life. Not only that, you cultivate new passion. The thing that keeps you happy, the thing that juices you up is different. You now begin to have a new passion for the things of God. Not only that, you develop new relationship. You cannot continue to hang out with the same crowd. You cannot continue to do the same thing that you are doing. Going to the same place, behaving the same way, talking the same way. Everything changes about you. And that's why the Bible tells us in the book of 1 Corinthians, it says, he that is in Christ is a new creation. Say, all things have passed away. All things have done what? All things have become new. Which means that when you decide to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, you are looking or you are making a decision to go for a transformed life. Okay? That was what we talked about in our first installment. But today we are taking a step further. Apart from the transformed life, what else is the, in the life of the people that will follow Jesus Christ? What else do you see in their lives? The man or the woman who is considering to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. What else are the characteristics that we see in their life? Let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16, reading from verse number 24, the Bible says, 
Then Jesus said unto his disciples, the people that had decided to follow him, Jesus said unto them, if any man will come after me, he said, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Verse number 25, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. That is the paradox that I'm telling you about. Anyone who will save his life will lose it. Or whosoever loses life shall find it for my sake, shall find it. In other words, if you give up yourself for me, you will find it. Then verse number 26. For what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? In other words, this verse of the scripture, Jesus Christ was trying to lay the ground rules. He's trying to put the conditions down. He said that if you want to walk with me, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to be associated with me, if you want to be called by my name, if you want other people to see you and see me in there, he said certain things must be take, must take place. There are certain conditions for this particular relationship to happen. You cannot just walk with me the way you want to. You cannot just say, yes, I'm associated with you and nothing changes about you. He said, something must change. There has to be the rules of the game. And he said, the first thing that you must do, if you are going to follow me, the first thing is that you have to learn how to deny yourself. And what does that mean? It means you have to learn how to say no to your own desires. You have to learn how to say no to the things that you want to do and say yes to the things that God wants to do. You have to learn how to say no to the things that make you feel good and say yes to the things that God says, this is what I want you to do. The Bible tells us, Jesus said, if any man will follow me, the first thing that man must learn how to do is to do what? To deny himself. Number two, it's not just denying yourself. He said, if you are going to follow me, apart from denying yourself, you must take up your cross. You must take up your cross daily. In other words, you must lie, you must be willing to die to yourself. Your, your selfish way, way, way of life, your own ambition. You must be willing to live for God. Crucify, you must take up your cross. The cross is an emblem of suffering. The cross is an emblem of is an emblem of death. The cross is an emblem of surrender. It tells you that you have no more option. You are going to die. Anybody who is willing to walk with the Almighty God must come to that understanding that yes, I am not going to live for myself anymore. I'm willing to give up my rights. I'm willing to give up myself, and I'm willing to follow that particular. That's Jesus Christ is saying. Those are those are the first two conditions. First of all, you must deny yourself because you cannot walk with me. If you continue to fulfill your own desires. It's just like a man who is married. And still believe, you know, you, you, you bring the woman into the house and you still want to continue to hang out with all your other girlfriends. It's, you know that marriage is not going to work. It's not going to work. Because you are not denying yourself. You are not putting your partner in a, you know, you are not putting your partner's need, uh, you know, a, 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 on equal footing. Jesus is saying, if we are going to walk together in this relationship, if we are going to have this personal, if we are going to have this one-on-one relationship, the first thing that must happen is that you must deny yourself. The second thing is that you must take up your cross. Number three is that you must be ready to live a crucified life. Jesus said that if you keep your life, you are going to lose it. If you lose your life, you are going to keep it. And you look all through the scriptures, there are so many principles that make the head of people explode when they don't understand it. If you are going to walk with the Lord, denying yourself, taking up your cross, and living a crucified life is a, is a requirement. And what does it mean to be a crucified life? It simply means a commitment to follow the Lord God Almighty at all costs. It's a commitment to say, I will follow you regardless of what is happening. 
I will follow you regardless of the situation that is in front of me. I will follow you if things are good. I will follow you if things are not so good. I will follow you when it is raining. I will follow you when it is when the sun is coming up. I will follow you when I have enough to eat. I will follow you when I don't even have enough to eat. That is a commitment. A crucified life. A readiness to live the crucified life. To say I no longer am in control. I'm relinquishing my control unto you. See that is the condition for following me. The interesting thing is that in the church we don't talk about things like this. And I can understand why. I mean, you want the church to grow. You want people to come. You want them to continue to finance the operation. You want to keep the doors open. You don't want to tell them the things that they don't want to hear. Nobody wants to hear that you are going to suffer for Christ. Nobody wants to hear that you are going to give up a lot of things. I mean, can you imagine you are trying to sell a product? And you go and you say, well, if you take this particular product, this is what it's going to do for you. It's going to kill you. It's going to give you headache. It's going to give you the... Who is going to buy that product from you? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> because you're already telling them all the terrible things that the product will do. But this is basically what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying. He said, before you sign your name on this card, before you say you are going to follow me, please understand, it is not going to be easy. People are going to fight you. They are going to kill you. They are going to stone you. You won't have a place to stay. Nobody will respect you. If you think that is a good thing you want to sign up, then come. How many people want to sign up for that kind of thing? Nobody. So Jesus is saying, I want the people who know the cost of what they are doing. I know that I want the people who know the price of this, but they are going to pay for working with me. And unfortunately, the church is not going to talk about it. And when they talk about it, we gloss over it. And that is why the church is the way it is today. Many have the impression that following Jesus Christ is like walking in the park. Yeah, Jesus bless me. And then you become rich. And then you start driving 500 jets. And then you have houses in every corner of the world. I'm not saying it's not good. Please don't misunderstand me. I keep telling you I am not allergic to money. Okay? <laughs> I am not allergic to money. But the point I'm trying to make is that that is not the essence of our faith. That is not the reason Jesus Christ called you. Okay? That is not the reason why you are born again. Jesus is saying that the walking with the Almighty God is not a walk in the park. Serving the Lord Jesus Christ does not mean that you are going to be a millionaire tomorrow. It doesn't mean that for those of us who are looking for a wife or looking for a husband, you are going to get one. God bless you if you find one in the church, but that does, that's not a guarantee. You don't have to be a Christian to get a wife. Okay? You don't have to be a Christian to be a rich man. You don't have to be a Christian to be successful in life. You understand the point? The point we are making is that walking with the Lord Jesus Christ is not easy. It's going to cost you something. And the cost sometimes can be your life. And those of us who walk with the Almighty God, we must understand this condition if you are going to walk with Him very, very well. And if you go back to that Matthew chapter 16, reading from verse number 24 again, the Bible said that Jesus said unto His disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Let him take up his cross and then follow me. In other words, Christ is saying, walking with me will cost you something. And those and those costs may include the ultimate sacrifice of your life. In other words, if you are going to walk with me, you have to live a crucified life. You have to live a life where you give your where you give the right to your life back to the Almighty God and say, Lord, this is not me. It is you. You do what you want to do with me. And that was what Paul the Apostle was saying in the verse of the scripture we read in our Bible reading. In Galatians chapter 2 reading from verse number 20, the Bible tells us there. He said, I am crucified with Christ. He said, nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who lost me and gave himself up for me. The question is, what does it mean to live this crucified life? 
What does it mean to live this crucified life? When we say we live a when we say we, 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 we are crucified with Christ, what are we talking about? What does it mean to live a crucified life? Number one, the crucified life is a life wholly given over to the Lord in absolute humility and obedience. In other words, you are saying, I am obedient to you and I will do whatever you say I should do. It is a very difficult thing. It's easy to say it from here, but it's very, very difficult. Extremely difficult for you to say, I will do whatever you tell me to do. There are times when God will ask you to do something you do. I said, God, why? That's that guy next door. Why are you asking me to do it? Let somebody else do this thing. So that is what we're talking about when we're talking about the crucified life. The crucified life is a life of surrender to the absolute will of God. Remember what God will do whatever he wants to do with you. If you ever read the book of Ezekiel, you will understand what the crucified life looked like. When the Almighty God begins to give Ezekiel some instruction, he said you will sleep on one side of your head, on one side of the bed for, the, for, for a number of days, and then you sleep on the other side. You will walk with your butt naked. You will begin to eat certain things. I mean, he gave him some instruction that normal people say, ah, God, I think uh, we should reconsider this relationship. But the point you are making is that the crucified life means a surrendered life to the Almighty God. The crucified life is a life of absolute commitment to following the Almighty God. In other words, I will follow you regardless of what happened. And that is what Ruth said to Naomi. He said, anywhere you go, I will go. Where you die is where I will die. Where you stay is where I will stay. It's a life of commitment. That even when things are not going very well, you still committed. Even when God is not hearing or answering your prayer, you are still committed. That is what the three Hebrew children did. The Bible says that when Nebuchadnezzar told them to bow down before the pray, before the uh, before the idol of gold, uh, these people said, "We are not going to bow down." He said that our God will deliver us, and they now put a clause in there that tells them that they are living a crucified life. He said, "Even if He does not deliver us, we are still not going to do it." In other words, we are sold out to the Almighty God. It doesn't matter what you do to me. I've made up my mind I'm going to walk with this person. I've made up my mind I'm going to follow the Almighty God. That is what it means to live a crucified life. The crucified life is a life dedicated to be more like Christ. You want to be like your father. You want to be like the person that you are working with. I don't know if you know, if you look at most boys or look at most girls. If you see the girl, look at their mother. There is always a relationship. There's always a relationship with the way they look. The way they do their hair is the same thing. The way they pray, the way they dress is the same thing. A boy will always want to look like his father. A, bo- a, a girl will always look like, want to look like his mother. And that is why you find out that when you see a lot of issues going on in the family, there is always a breakdown in relationship. The crucified life is a life that what that is dedicated to be more like Christ. You want to be more like him. And that is what you see in the life of the early Christians. The Bible told us that when they got to a particular place called Antioch, and they were living their life. And people have heard about Christ. They looked at these people and said their life is very similar to that of Christ. And that's where the name Christian came from. That's Christ-like. When you are talking about the crucified life, you are talking about a life that gradually, gradually becomes like that of Christ. This thing that I'm telling you is easy to talk about, blah, 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 that I'm saying right now. It's very difficult to live. Extremely difficult. The crucified life is a life of dying to self and saying, God, you have a way. Do whatever you want to do with me. Live the way you want to live through me. Say what you want to say through me. You know, do the things that you want to accomplish in my life through me. But it's a life that is saying, I am dying to self. And it is the biggest challenge of every believer every day. Because inside of every one of us, something is there that the Spirit of the Almighty God will tell you, wake up and pray for this person. Talk to this person about Christ. Don't behave the way that person is behaving to you. 
You know, so you pray for this individual. Show love to this particular individual. Talk to this person. And inside of you, there is a war going on. I don't like their face. I don't like that first. I don't want them to call me a Christian. I don't want them to think that I'm a bad guy. And you, you, are, you, are, you are fighting that particular voice. You are battling with that voice every day. You, many of us have done it. And if you look at it, even this morning, many of us have done it this morning too. There is that particular tension that is going on. But when you are talking about the crucified life, you are talking about the life that says, when you hear the voice of the Spirit speak to you, you say, Lord, I'm willing to obey. And that was what Samuel did. The Bible says that Samuel says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. You have to get to that place where you stop wrestling with God, where you stop fighting him. But you don't get there in one day. It's a gradual process. That is what we're talking about when we say the crucified life. And the interesting thing about this crucified life is that it appears to be contradictory. Contradictory says that when we say a life is truly crucified, it means that that person is dead. Okay? It means that that person is dead. And the question is, how can a dead person be alive? Look at the characteristic of a dead person. If a person is dead and you take a pin and you are hooking that person and you are shooking that person, that person does not respond. You understand that? If you are abusing or you are insulting that person, maybe the way he sleeps, maybe by the time he, maybe he collapsed and he had a heart attack and died, and then when he died, his leg was like this on the floor. He said, how can you die or your leg is like this? That person will not talk to you. Why? Because they are dead. Assuming they are dead and their coat something will come up became something like this. You say, how your coat come be like this? And I say, ah, that person is dead, you will not respond. What I'm trying to say is this. When you are truly crucified to the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter the amount of insult that is passed onto you, you don't even know because you are not hearing anymore. It is Christ that is now living through you. That is what it means. It appears contradictory, but the person who is dead in Christ is no longer responding to the things of this particular world. That's why many Christians struggle with this whole idea. That's why many Christians find it very difficult to live the Christian life. Because you don't, you want to, you want to enjoy the benefit of heaven, but you don't want to let go of the things of the earth. Okay? And that was what Paul is talking about. He said that I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet the, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In other words, when you say things to me, instead of me responding, I ask Jesus, I say, what do you want me to say? And Jesus Christ now gives you what you say. And that is why you can overlook insult. You can overlook anger. You can pray for the people you don't like. You can talk to the people you don't like. You can give things to the people that you don't like. Not because you want to do it, but that's because what Christ wants you to do. It is very difficult, my brothers. It's not easy. Because sometimes when you stay here and you talk about some of these things, you think it's easy. You think that even the pastors haven't come to the point that we have already done it. There are times when you look at some people, you want to slap them in the head. What's wrong with you? You know, but the pastor can't do that, so you don't do it. You can't slap them in the head. <laughs> you know? But the point I'm trying to make is that these things are difficult. But that is what it means when you are working with the Almighty God, step by step, step by step. And then you get to that point where you now become a matured Christian. I know I am crucified with Christ. We have to come, you have to, you have to give yourself totally to the Almighty God and release yourself to me. You have to say where you want me to go is where I go. Where you want me to do is what I want to do. I am totally at your command. And this, like I said, is extremely difficult. The question this morning is that why is living a life that is crucified? Why is it important for you? Why is it important for me? Why is the crucified life an important thing for the believer? Number one, you cannot overcome sin if you are not crucified. For us to be able to destroy the body of sin, you and I must be crucified. Because as long as you are responding to what your flesh is telling you, as long as you are responding to what this particular thing is telling you, you will not be able to overcome sin. 
Somebody will say something to you. Your flesh will say, hey, so you are going to allow him to talk to you anyhow like that? Respond to him. Tell him that his head is crooked. Tell him that he's an ugly person. Tell him that his mama is something, whatever. Respond to him in kind. And that's what you do. That's what we all do. And that's why when you are driving down the freeway and somebody crosses your way, you say, hey, you think you know how to drive? You think they put this car in this? You think they put the accelerator in my car for decoration? I can cut you off also. And then that's how a road race starts. It's because the flesh is still active. And the only way you can overcome that is when you present your body to the Almighty God as a living sacrifice. The only way somebody can tell you and cut you off on the freeway and you don't get angry is when you are crucified to the Almighty God. When you say, Lord, I will not act based on what my body is telling me. I will act based on what your spirit is telling me. It is difficult, but it is possible. Why do we need to live a crucified life? You need to live a crucified life because you don't want to be slave to sin anymore. What does it mean to be a slave to sin? You see something, you know, this one applies to all of us generally. But you find out that in the church, we don't gossip, we only give prayer requests. Okay? When you want to talk about somebody else, you say, let us pray for my sister, so, so, so. That is a simple way of telling you they want to gossip about that person. It's a, it's a code word in the church. Just like we don't gossip in the church, we only pray for people. You say, yes, let's pray for my sister. You know he's doing something, he's gossiping. And the only way, you find out that some people cannot help themselves. They keep doing it, they keep doing it. It's not because they don't want it, it's not because they want to do it. Sometimes it's because that urge overpowers them. And as long as you are not crucified, you will continue to fall to that urge. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.